Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. Hello everyone, Uh, again this is your host Dapper Data, you are listening to the Data is My Science podcast episode number 4. Today we're going to discuss programming, ooh man, when I heard those words in college, when I heard the word programming in college. Um, I thought it was exciting because it, yeah, you hear programming, you hear programmers, you think, oh man, they make a lot of money. But the work that comes with that money is no gain, right? We're talking about learning another language, like uh, Spanish or French. Uh, it's, it's similar to that when you're trying to learn a computer language. So a programming language, we're going to talk about that. We're talking. We're going to talk about what is programming, and uh, we're going to discuss some of the programming languages that are out there. They're probably the top six languages right now that are out there for data scientists. And then we'll go over some of the use cases uh, for my two favorite languages out of the six. And then we'll talk about code optimization uh, and and some recommended learning paths for you. And we'll also talk about why learn programming, right? I mean, what does that do for you? And then we'll go over some recommended data sets that will allow you to play with some of those programming languages and and use them and apply them to the data sets that's out there. So take real world examples and do some of those. So it should be a fun episode and I definitely look forward to hearing your comments and your thoughts on that. On this episode so what is programming uh, programming is the ability to solve a problem or perform a specific task using computer instructions so there are computer instructions out there that allow you to communicate with the computer for the computer to be able to solve whatever task you're trying to solve. And they use computer languages that can actually talk to the computer. And it all started back in the 1950s when there was the first programming language that was created called Shortcode. Now this was created by someone who worked for a company known as IBM and believe it or not there were actual jobs in the 1950s that needed you to create uh, tasks or to to complete tasks using programming languages so it dates back that far from the first programming language called short code there was something called speed code after that now speed code was just a layer on top of the short code that allowed you to uh, have high performance applications 
and it allowed you to enhance the existing short code that was there. So it's funny how in the 1950s this is what they did or what they thought would be the fastest or most efficient way of coding uh, was to throw that speed code on there. Now, then the question arose, isn't the idea of taking symbols and translating them into other symbols really what we designed and built the computers to do? And can't we have the computers automate this? That was a great question. So that's where we started to get into automation using computer languages. And the first automated computer compiler was called AutoCode. So that's just a brief history of it, just to get you started. Started in the 1950s, something called short code, then became speed code, and then AutoCode. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward, simple for you to, to understand. Now, data science, it's such a dynamic field, right? We're not talking about something that's idle, that's just static, dynamic. It's a dynamic field with ever-growing technologies and tools. Now, since data science is a vast field, you must select a specific problem to tackle in that field. And for this, you should select a programming language that is best suited for you to solve that problem. There are many programming languages out there that's used in data science, but the ones that I'm going to mention are probably the top six. All of them are very useful. All of them have their unique identities, and there are several key areas of data science that one must always be willing to experiment with new languages based on the requirements that are in front of you. Now, some of the languages that I'm going to talk about are Python, R, the letter R, that's what that's what the name of the programming language is, SQL, also known as SQL, uh, Scala, Julia, and SAS, or SAS. Now, when we talk about Python, right, this is a very, very high-level programming language, but it is very versatile as well. And it comes with a lot of pre-built, what we call libraries, for multiple roles in the environment. And it's really emerged as one of the most popular choices for data science because of its easier learning curve and the useful pre-built libraries that are already in the code for you. So instead of creating a, a, a bunch of code uh, to, to do a lot of tasks, there are already pre-built libraries that include all of that code in there for you. And you just call upon that library with a few words or one word, and when you call upon it, it actually executes all that crazy code in the background for you. So the code readability of Python or observed by Python makes it really a popular choice for data scientists and it helps them tackle a lot of complex problems and therefore it's ideal to have a language that's easier to understand like Python for those complex, for those complex problems out there. 
So Python really makes it easier for the user to implement solutions while following the standards of all those required algorithms out there as well. So uh, some of the libraries that are already built, and I won't go into detail into each library, but if you want some basic operations or you want to carry out some basic steps, Python has libraries such as pandas, it's called pandas, uh, numpy, uh, matplotlib, uh, scipy, and if you want to get into deep learning tools, uh, Python also has libraries called TensorFlow or uh, PyTorch as well. So these are libraries that are already built for you and makes it easier for an end user to come in and learn this language. I recommend this language for anybody coming in trying to learn a programming language. I recommend learning this as it's more versatile and it's not it's a general programming language that you can use for other things like web app development as well. Now I want to talk about the programming language R. Now I mentioned before it's the letter R. So R is a programming language I like to call the uh, what is that the lingua franca of, of, um, of programming languages for data scientists now what do I mean by that lingua franca, franca is a language that is adopted as a common language between speakers whose native languages are different so for example in Africa there are many many uh, languages that are spoken within the continent and depending on what country you're in you may speak another language but also depending on what uh, 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 within those countries uh, there's different dialects as well within there but the lingua franca of Africa is French so that's a common language that's spoken between some of the native languages uh, that are very much different as well uh, some people say English is one uh, for the world um, but I just wanted to use that example for Africa specifically now R is is used for statistically oriented tasks so a lot of mathematical equations a lot of statistical equations uh, or tasks that are out there many aspiring data scientists will probably have to face a pretty steep learning curve compared to Python if you were to learn R but I do recommend that you learn R because like I said it is one of the if not it is the most popular language for statistical analysis out there and it's specifically dedicated to specific uh, statistical analysis as well which makes it even more powerful because it has a so a single focus instead of being a general purpose programming languages a language then it's really really good at that so uh, so I definitely recommend R it also comes with a lot of packages about 10,000 or over 10,000 packages uh, in the open source repository uh, packages like um, like ggplot or some neural network statistical analysis packages as well uh, and it also has a tie-in with uh, MySQL 
uh, something called R MySQL, which provides a native connectivity of R with MySQL databases as well. So all of these features make R an ideal choice for some of those hardcore data scientists out there. I recommend R. Now let's move on to SQL or SQL databases. Now SQL is really referred to as the meat and potatoes of data science. SQL is probably one of the most important skill that data scientists must possess. SQL stands for, uh, sorry about that, SQL stands for Structured Query Language, if I didn't say it earlier. It's really a database language for retrieving data from organized databases or data sources, which are called relational databases. And I'll have a database segment as well, an episode on databases where we can discuss relational and non-relational databases because that's very important in the data science world. But as a data scientist, knowing how to retrieve data is the most important part of the job. And SQL is sort of that sidearm of data scientists, which means that it's, it's, uh, it provides limited capabilities but it's crucial for specific roles, right? So a lot of data scientists, a lot of database administrators use this language. And in order to be a proficient data scientist, it's necessary to extract or wrangle data from databases. And having knowledge of a language like SQL is a must if that's what you're trying to do within data, uh, data science. SQL is a easy to read language and it's very intuitive so for example if I wanted to get from a database if I wanted to get all the salaries that are greater than say 20,000 I would use the word select name from users where salary is greater than 20,000 so that's all you have to say. That exact sentence. That's what you would type up. Again, it would be select name from users where salary is greater than 20,000. Using the greater than sign instead of saying the word greater than. But that allows you to uh, complete a task where you'll grab all of the, all of the uh, information where that is the is the case where you are pulling all of the salaries that are greater than 20,000 from a database. Uh, next I'm going to talk about the language Scala. So the next three languages that I'll talk about are important languages. They're not heavily heavily used but they are very important. Uh, Scala stands for um, well it's an extension of the Java programming language uh, operating on Java virtual machines and I won't get into all that but Scala provides interoperability with Java while keeping um, a close and tight uh, attachment to data as well and this what makes Scala an ideal programming language when dealing with large volume data sets is the fact that it is an object-oriented language or general purpose language similar to Python. So being a data scientist, 
you must be confident with the use of programming languages uh, to to sculpt data in any form that's required and Scala gives you the ability to do that it is a steep learning curve so not too many people use it I don't recommend it I still recommend Python and R and SQL really in that order um, Julia is another programming language Julia is sort of a um, it's the baby of the programming languages used for data scientists it was recently developed and is really suited for things just data science in general so scientific computing and it's popular only because it's really simple like Python and it has extremely fast performance like C language does and uh, Julia is an ideal language for areas requiring complex mathematical operations that's why it's so fast so if you really want to play around with it you can but again I still would use R for something like that uh, and last I'm going to talk about SAS or SAS and SAS is a statistical analysis programming language just like R it's highly reliable and has uh, been highly approved by professionals and analysts for years the only difference is that R is open source and SAS is not so SAS has an excellent support system which means that your organization can really rely on this tool without any doubt uh, but R I still recommend R as the programming language if you want to take it and run with it um, you can download it right now online SAS uh, it cost um, I think they do have a free version out there I'm not sure but again the more popular one is R even in production environments they use R as well there's a lot of supported documents out there so you don't have to worry about support from that standpoint um, now I'm going to highlight two languages and talk about some projects that you can do with those two languages one is Python with Python I have four interesting projects that you can do one being application oriented analysis using tax data so that I don't know if that really appeals to you but imagine you being able to take the top income income groups and and the individuals per geolocation and being able to mix them and mangle them and and filter the data out from something like that from all the tax data that is out there I'm sure you can pretty you can come up with some pretty good use cases for that another one is recommending movies at a large scale so looking at the top rated movies or finding correlations between users or, or the best critics uh, that are out there as well uh, what are the best scary movies you know something that Netflix does being able to recommend stuff for you based off of uh, some of those uh, correlations that you find so another thing is being able to take the Twitter data using an, an API getting all the Twitter data you can and 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 being able to look at your friends information and and geolocation per profile and being able to do some cool stuff with that and of course like I mentioned before you can 
work on enhancing processing speeds and performance uh, and being more efficient with your programming by using uh, uh, some of the um, the libraries that are out there like like num like numpy or or a uh, scipy as well now if you're using R I mean you can do these things with R as well but I'm just thinking about some uh, some projects that you can do just to play around but with R you could do a visual analysis with fuel from automobile data and investigating the makes and models of cars with certain categorized fuel data you can also simulate and analyze American football data imagine being able to figure out the defensive and offensive strengths per football team or being able to do single or multi-game outcomes I mean that's pretty cool now you can also predict who's going to win the playoffs or the or the Super Bowl game as well, right? All those different pools that you have during football season, and uh, if you want to win some money, maybe you can try to play around with some of that using R programming. You can also explore employee data. So at work, maybe you can grab uh, employee data sets and look at uh, some personal information, but don't get in trouble for that. But maybe being able to uh, look at some personal information on there or average county income and wages or geographical differences between uh, raises or promotions uh, within your company and and lastly you can you can do something with the stock market data they have a lot of data sets out there that have uh, historical data for stock markets and you can look at the historic the historical uh, stock prices and compare them to the current and then maybe take that and do some predictions as well and you can also do some visualizations as well in there um, some data visualization with R as well. R is, R is really powerful. I really like R. Uh, now I want to talk about code optimization for data science. This is a very very important topic because Anybody can just write code, but being able to optimize the code is the key because time is money. If you're running software in the cloud, uh, each extra minute of processing is going to cost you, especially if it's spread across thousands of machines. So you take an Amazon EC2 instance, uh, for example, which is basically a server a virtual server that's inside of the cloud and it charges by the hour and not by the minute um, so it's very important to understand that that's a lot of money there if you are wasting cycles and you are uh, spending a lot of time on um, on your code if your code is not performing or efficient enough then it may take hours versus minutes if you just created some more efficient code it's also important to take into consideration the number of iterations so cycle time or the number of, of iterations you can achieve before a fixed deadline is another critical issue that many developers run into and if you if your entire analytics process requires say a week to run and generate results you can't learn from the iteration 
or tweak the process and regenerate uh, updated results nearly as fast as you can if the process only consumed 24 hours. So trust me, it is impossible to get an exploratory analysis perfect the first time or even the third time sometimes, so iteration matters. Uh, you want to be able to have multiple iterations if you can. So cycle time matters, iteration matters. Uh, it also, when you optimize your code right, you're saving on power. Code that performs the same task with fewer instructions, less memory, and fewer CPU cycles results in a huge power savings. So if you must worry about the power consumption for your uh, your devices, say your mobile device or your server or whatever it is, uh, the performance of a server, then you then you need to optimize your code. So optimized code is better for those situations. And and also figuring out the performance is fun. So take that into consideration. It allows you to have fun and enjoyment and personal development uh, enhancements as well. Uh, next, I want to talk about recommended learning paths. So I wanted to give a shout out to someone that I met actually on Instagram. Uh, her name is Amy Moore. Now, Amy Moore is a creative educator, writer, and statistician, and she helps people speak statistics through courses and dissertations. And uh, she actually recommended a book that I purchased uh, when I was just trying to get into R programming. I knew Python. I learned a little bit of R through my doctor degree that I'm in now. But she recommended a book that she that she uh, that she published. It was called Get Your Feet Wet with R. Now, this book is really, really good. It's good because it helps you get your feet wet. <laughs> so initial beginners uh, definitely recommend that book for R uh, programmers if you really want to get into it. And 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 it's pretty cool because my, my son, nine years old, I let him look at the book and I put the R application on my laptop and I, I let him go in there and and actually do some of the coding and he actually understood exactly what was going on so it was pretty cool and if you ever want to get in contact with Amy Moore you can reach her at a m o o r e two zero at more stat that's m o o r e stat.com uh, she also has a website at www.morestat.com forward slash shop if you wanted to reach out to her but uh, she she's on Instagram at morestat and uh, is really good really good information she really helps you out with more statistics uh, sorry <laughs> that's her her name more more so she's helps you out with statistic consulting as well so if you ever want to reach out to her just go ahead and give her a shout uh, um, very friendly and uh, welcoming so uh, another another learning path that you could follow is Udemy courses 
So that's U-D-E-M-Y. There's an app for it. You can go online and uh, and check out the website as well. But Udemy has a ridiculous amount of courses that you could access, and they cost uh, about $18 or less per course. Everything from machine learning to programming, uh, depending on the programming language you want to use, it can be interactive or whatever you need. And finally, I wanted to point out uh, DataQuest. DataQuest, that's D-A-T-A-Q-U-E-S-T, is also a good website if you want to learn how to do programming, like Python specifically, uh, for data science. And it's free. So this is a website you go to, and it does interactive training. They'll give you assignments on the go, on the fly, and you'll be able to learn um, data science programming for Python pretty quickly. Why why learn programming for data science specifically, or why learn programming in general? Programming is so powerful, and it helps you automate things at ease. It's more more powerful data importing and doing manipulations uh, is is really good for that, and and it's easier with working with uh, with lots of data so the the more you program the easier you'll be able to automate a lot of things you have open source accessibility uh, you can program across platforms different platforms and if you wanted to get into programming for data science it really helps with advanced statistics using R and other programming languages and machine learning capabilities as well and data visualization so if you don't have access to some of those data visualization tools you can use R. R programming allows you to do uh, good data visualization as well. Now I want to leave you with a couple of uh, recommended data sets that, will, that you can play with so you can go to these websites and I'll post them on my show notes, but you can go to the website and you can actually download these data sets. Uh, and with those data sets, you can get them in Excel spreadsheets and you can use these programming languages to do manipulation, aggregation, uh, filtering, uh, and find out different correlations between them as well. So do some data visualizations with the uh, Excel spreadsheets if you want to as well. So uh, one data set is called 538 and it's not in number format it's actually in words so the word 5 the word 30 and the word 8 uh, they have example data sets like airline safety or US weather history or study drugs uh, another one is called BuzzFeed's news BuzzFeed news uh, they have data sets in there like the Zika virus or firearm background checks. Uh, Kaggle is one or Kaggle. Uh, they have similar data sets. Uh, awesome public data sets on GitHub as well. So there's some awesome ones on GitHub that you can get like heart rate time series data or um, plane crash databases. 
there, Google also has a public data set as well that has some examples like uh, U.S. name data sets or Major League Baseball data uh, and data.gov. Data.gov is very popular. They have food environment atlas data, chronic disease data. Uh, so and, and always you can always use Google to, to Google some some data sets as well. Just say top data sets and and you'll be able to um, to find some very useful data sets out there. Now, as always, I like to leave you with some dope data at the end of my segment. And today I just really want you to take in the importance of programming. Everybody should learn a programming language. It should be a necessity for you to automate things in your day-to-day -day environment. Who wants to do manual tasks, right? If you have something that you're doing manually on a computer every day, you can easily automate it and have it timed if you want, where it go it, this automation, this automated process kicks off at every morning at 8 a.m. If you do something on your computer every day at a certain time, why are you still doing it? Use programming languages to help you out and help you automate that. So you definitely should learn a programming language or two. And and really I want to leave you with these three things that programming languages help you with. One is creative creative thinking. It helps you think outside the box. Another one is automate strenuous manual tasks. So if you find yourself doing doing something that is manual every single day or at least or once a week or once a month, once a year, whatever it is, and you have been doing it for years or days or months, hours, it has to be annoying. It's a, it annoys me when that occurs because I can just create a programming language, well, create a program using a programming language to automate that. And lastly, programming languages help you develop persistence. I, I let my son, or I'm trying to teach him to develop persistence through programming because you're not going to get it the first time. You may not get it the second, third, or fourth time. But if you're obsessed with improvement or you're obsessed with getting things right, this will help you out because you will con you will continuously try to uh, get the task complete and so you will develop persistence so again I want to thank you all for tuning in I really appreciate it um, stay tuned for our next episode on data visualization that's going to be I think episode 5 alright Peace, and I love y'all. Thank you for listening to The Data Is My Science Podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. <laughs>